This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. Welcome to the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, where our gang of sci-fi fans will boldly go where few fans have gone before. Okay, not really, but we'll have fun discussing and interacting with our favorite shows and films from all over the sci-fi universe. We love Trek the most, but our love for Trek means we have a great appreciation for sci-fi in general. Join our panel of sci-fi fans from all over North America and beyond as we share our opinions and thoughts on this deep and incredibly diverse genre of storytelling. Our mission here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast is to entertain and have fun, so you'll hear all types of views in a light and fun atmosphere. If you love sci-fi, this is the perfect space station for you to dock at. We invite you to come aboard and stay a while. You've got friends right here on the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Greetings and hello. Welcome to another episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, the show where we get together with our friends and have really interesting conversations about all things sci-fi. Today, I want to discuss some crossover ideas, but because it's me, I want to talk about crossover ideas with Star Trek. But before we get into all of that, joining me today are my usual fantastic co-hosts, Brian Donahue. Hey, my name is Brian Donahue. But you already said that, so why'd I repeat it? I don't know. Pastor, church planner, uh, I think I'm a pretty fun guy, but I'll let you be the judge of that as you listen to this podcast. I agree. Brian is very fun. <laughs> Steve Merkin. I'm Steve Merkin. I am just always happy to do these podcasts. I uh, We'll be doing some uh, work at Children's Hospital, again, volunteering as I always do tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That is very cool. And of course, Adina Mignona. Oh, awesome. You got my last name. It's like just about perfect. That was that just was about perfect. Just oh, about no, perfect. I want to get perfect. Okay. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Hi, I'm Adina Mignona. I'm an engineer by day and a science fiction author by morning and night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that works. And I, of course, am a Christian Fox, uh, host of Yelling About Star Trek, where I talk about Star Trek and I resolve disputes during the day. So, of course, we should do a little bit of catch up before we get into the actual episode. And I said catch up, not catch up. <laughs> I, I swear I said catch up. I'm not sure. You had to lay back and see what happened. I guess, Chris, you had to muster all the your strength to say I love that. it okay. I love it I'm so happy you said that all right you got it so how is everyone doing today <laughs> doing, doing yeah doing doing really good I had to help my neighbor get their big old riding lawnmower out of the mud in their backyard so that was actually went way better than I thought so that was the big event in my day today um so I guess all in all that means I had a pretty fantastic day yeah, well, got, to, got to help a neighbor out, and you know, if if that's all the exciting thing that happened, I'm good with that. Well, yeah, but well, it's good you were able to do that for sure. The excitement of retirement is I was in the backyard <laughs> pulling weeds today, pulling weeds, pulling weeds, pulling weeds. I think now I have the grip strength of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, yes. Steve that's is, Steve is that's living a, the life, ladies. Oh, he is. He's it's living the dream stuff. Oh, yeah. 
Doing the Riker in the garden, which is Riker <laughs> gardening. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really hyper. I just saw Picard. I'm excited. I have this weird energy right now. So All right. Yeah. apologies and no apology at the same time. Sure. I so can't wait to see the season finale of Picard. I'm like dying. Yeah. And I've been just incredibly busy. So I haven't been doing a lot of watching of anything really other than, you know, keeping up with Picard uh, because the last week or two or so, so my second book came out and yeah, so we're really excited and I'm doing all these like marketing things um, and trying Mm -hmm. to do a bunch of that so I can actually continue to work on the third book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm trying to get through like a couple weeks of of marketing and then I can just focus on the third book. But some of that marketing stuff includes if anyone out there, um, uh, well, this, this episode I think might air after my time in DC, there is a book fair called the Imaginarium that I'll have a table at. That's the weekend of May. uh, It's May 21st and it's a free event. So I can, we can, we'll post somewhere (laughs) to make sure people uh, know about that by the 21st. If you're in the DC area, then the following weekend, Memorial day weekend is Balticon. It's a big science fiction convention in, in Baltimore. And I'll be on several panels and I think I'm going to be even moderating a panel or two. I'm, I'm, they're starting to tell us participants what we're doing. I'm very excited about that. And then in July, I'll be at shore leave in Maryland and I'll be giving a talk uh, on STEM. Um, the title of the talk will be how, uh, sorry. Oh gosh. Um, I have, I'm having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> the title of the talk will be um, you can build, you know, how you can build starships, even if you suck at math. And I'm very, very excited good. for all these things. I've got like yeah. all this stuff going on um, and a full-time J job and a husband and kids. And the husband and I are going out of town in a couple of days. <laughs> so just so crazy. Adina, you've proved the ability to clone humans, right? <laughs> There's another one of you outside this room, your room, taking care of all this other stuff while you're in here chatting with us. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually interesting because I'm going to write a, I think I was going to write a blog post to answer some of that because that's the biggest question I get, especially from my coworkers who know what I deal with during the work day. And they're like, how could you possibly get all this done? <laughs> and it really, um, and I have funny answers like, yep, there's actually a clone of me in the other room, but there's some serious answers too, uh, that relate to like time management skills and stuff that I try mm-hmm. to pass on to people because it really is a testament to if you manage your time well, yeah. um, and also realize that as much as it looks like I get done, there's a lot of things that I don't get done or don't mm-hmm. do. Um, you know, the laundry piles up. I don't really yeah. clean my house. <laughs> the garden. The, I haven't touched the garden this year. You <laughs> you know, there's folks, so much I don't do. <laughs> you folks are looking at one of the most unorganized, non-administration gifted pastors in the United States. Okay. Um, and... So there's a lot of us actually that are that way. But um, one of the most important lessons someone ever said to me or, or taught me was was prioritization. Mm-hmm. Like if, pick what has to absolutely get done today yep. and let let your heart and your mind be released of the heavy burden of what can actually wait until tomorrow. And if you prioritize correctly – um, what can wait for tomorrow? We'll wait for tomorrow. We'll be there just fine and then mm-hmm. handle it. But when, when someone really drilled that into me, because I'm a guy who sometimes can be a, when I get down to certain tasks, I'm a perfectionist and take way too long doing things that 
I need to be spending my bulk of time on other stuff. And so when I prioritize, man, my days just go mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah. And that's actually a lot of what it is. Years and years ago, I, I worked with a, a woman who's a time management specialist, and she helped me uh, work on that kind of skill of where you take your whole to-do list and look at well, what really needs to get done, yeah. what doesn't, what can you delegate and all that. And so at this point, it's been like, I've really put that into practice over years. So I really had a lot of experience doing that. And so now it's kind of second nature, which is really how I get things done. And, you know, I block out time for certain things like my, you know, five to six in the morning is my writing time. And and right now it's my marketing time. But like when you just set aside like some time and really block everything else out, you can get stuff done, you know? Yeah. 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 And also what's important to you as well. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's the argument and I do this, I'm in the middle of a season where I'm arguing this way about working out and getting in shape. I just don't have the time. (laughs) You do, you you probably have time if you're willing to wake up an hour early yep. yeah, that's or the key stay thing. up an hour late or work out over your lunch break. Or not, yeah, um, not do something know, else that you yeah, would do. Mm-hmm. Like I would say saving yeah. money is the same way. If it's important mm-hmm. enough, if anything's important enough for you, you make the time. Maybe it means mm-hmm. you've got to cut back on the four hours a day you're on Netflix, you yep. know? Oh, God. I mean, there's stuff you can cut back. If you need more time or something's important, you got to fit it into your schedule. You do it. If it's if you're passionate about it and you really want it done, you'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes not actually important enough to you. Yep. You know, that's interesting yeah. because there are so many people I know of who, when they retire, they retire in front of the TV. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Good for my you, wife, Steve. My, my wife works at home <laughs> from eight to five. And I still have in my brain from eight to five, I'm supposed to be doing things, whatever it might be, if it's around the house or some of the projects or things like, but just to sit home and just watch, just have the TV on and chaining, I can't do that. It's just not, it just seems so wasteful. It really yep. does. Yeah. I've tried that. I've, I've gotten, I've grown out of it and it's like, I got to be doing stuff. I got to be either working on a podcast or a video or mm-hmm. organizing the house, doing something. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. but I'd say, yeah, for the, uh, all you listeners out there, if you're trying to work out, I really recommend the morning. If you can afford it, get a trainer. They're mm-hmm. very expensive, but it's mm-hmm. really fun to have somebody who's like, Hey, if you don't show up, I will text you and I will find you. <laughs> and I will make you feel incredibly bad about yourself. If you don't show up to this appointment <laughs> and that really helps. And then, or, Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, or, fi- or if you can't afford a trainer, find a friend who yeah, find will a friend. do it with you, you know, like some yeah. kind of accountability partner. Yeah. There's, there's always ways to, to, if, if, if it is important enough, there's always ways to figure out, you know, Oh yeah, and then do it. Getting up early, the more you do it, the less off it'll become to the point mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, getting up at 6 a.m., not so bad anymore. It feels yeah. decent. Yeah. Or you realize you were always a morning person all along. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's the thing. I yeah. didn't think I was, and I would stay that's up cool. late and I wouldn't get anything. Like, so in my 20s, I would come home from work and think, well, I do technically have four, five, six hours to do stuff, but I'd just be a zombie. And I didn't know why. And it wasn't until around like when I was like 29, 30 that I realized, you know, when I was up in the morning, I was like, hey, this is when my brain is active. This is when I'm I'm on. So let me get up early to do things like that's when I can do stuff because come the evening time, I'm not doing anything intellectual. I write in the morning. I do things that don't require that part of the brain at night. 
you know? Yeah. Um, there's, but not, but not everyone's that way. And that's the thing is it takes, it took years to yeah. find out what works, you know, for me. I, I try very hard in my profession to encourage young people to get into a pattern of living that is actually sustainable. So many mm -hmm. kids in college go off to college and they're staying up super late. They're staying up all night. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're video gaming to all hours. They're watching, you know, hanging out, whatever. And then it's like they can't do anything else in their li literally. Mm -hmm. um, and then they graduate if they work hard, if they're able to do that, they graduate and then they have to get a real job. And all of a sudden, staying up late doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. just that pattern of staying up super late and, you know, just and then let alone once you get married, once you have kids, holy cow, you yep. know, <laughs> it all shifts again for you and your priorities have to change. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's called adulting, folks. <laughs> it is. Hashtag adulting. And, and, and it's not fun all the time, but to be able to have the flexibility, the responsibilities we want, you know, the fun we want, we have to work hard at what the stuff, you know, maybe that are less fun in order so we can do the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And speaking of fun stuff, maybe we should let Chris segue us back into what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, yes. well, I was going to mention the uh, the Scotty quote, which is the uh, the old, if something is important to you, then you make the time. And I was going to say, oh, Scotty, he's from Star Trek. And I want to talk about Star Trek crossovers. But here's another transition. Steve's Speaking foaming of adulting, Oh, no, sorry, I just want to say, I, I think we've done a very good job of helping people socially in this portion that we've ever done before we I talk think about you're right you know you what know, that feels like life Steve? Improve what we did one of those little segments before the actual film on mst3k we just did one of those yeah. we just did our own little welcome we to the be psa mom? of the big sci-fi podcast we just did <laughs> yeah, that exactly <laughs> i was gonna but say Chris, go ahead Speaking of adulting, you know who's not an adult? Larry <laughs> David. <laughs> and, that's, good. that's good. He looks know, like that. an adult, though. He is, but remember, <laughs> this is the guy that once bought a coffee shop to put another guy out of business because he didn't like his service, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> and the reason I bring up Larry David is oh, because <laughs> Kirby Enthusiasm is one of my favorite shows. People love it. People hate it, including Steve. <laughs> and I just can't think of anything funnier than seeing Larry David walking around the Enterprise or some aspect of Star Trek. And when I was thinking about this, I was like wondering, okay, who would Larry David get into a fight with? And what would that fight be about? And then I got this idea about Archer. I love Archer to death. I think he's a fantastic captain. But there's always the question of nepotism. Did he get the Starship Enterprise because his dad built the Warp 5? engine and i could see a situation where larry david's walking around the nx01 and he's like you mentioned your dad a lot you say he built the the warp 5 engine yeah he did and uh you're you're the captain of the ship uh sounds a bit like uh, a nepotism uh, i think you got this maybe because of your dad and then archer would obviously say no that's not true and they would get into a fight and then I don't know if Archer would kill him, but there might something might happen to uh, to Larry David that he's not uh, super excited about. So 
it, it I, was hard to picture when you first when, when you first proposed this idea and you first mentioned yeah. Larry David, you know, in the Star Trek universe and on the Enterprise. I had a hard time picturing it until I remembered. Um, did you guys see that he was in a Super Bowl commercial? The com- there was a commercial that originally aired at the Super Bowl and it's been on a bit since. And Chris, I don't know if you get the same commercials we get, but it's yeah. a it's a commercial for crypto, mm-hmm. and it's Larry David um, in different historical periods. You have to watch it. And that, that to me makes it a little bit easier for me because up until then, all I do is picture him walking around the streets of LA complaining about the coffee and, you know, <laughs> and stuff. So, but when, uh, when I saw that, then I saw him in different stuff, then it gets a little easier to picture him. Uh. My my thinking is because I love Curb and I love Trek, but like mm-hmm. Curb enthusiasm in a lot of ways is so antithetical to Trek in the sense that you will get into fights about nothing. You will ruin people's lives because you want to, or not even because you want mm-hmm. to. It's just so different. And I think Larry David is right. A lot of times when he gets into arguments about things, it just so happens that you can't say those things and you've got to be polite and let things go. Beckett what, Mariner. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that uh, if Larry David <laughs> was on the Enterprise with Kirk and Spock and McCoy, uh, they would say, here, put on this red shirt. Yeah. And, and if you don't mind, why don't you beam down first? We'll be following you very shortly. And then when they got down there, McCoy would say, it's better than that, Jim. He's dead. But the thing is, though, <laughs> like in one of the episodes, like death doesn't work for him. Like there is an episode where he literally dies. <laughs> Steve just and- sounded like Larry David right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I- <laughs> but I can't wrap my head around this. So he dies. He goes up to heaven. And then God gets so irritated by Larry David, he sends him back to earth. So it's like, I don't even know if a- giving him a red shirt death would actually help. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, who would he argue with, though? I mean, that's the question you're asking, right? Beckett Mariner. I, I put, still think put Larry with... David and Beckett Mariner in the the room together from Lower Decks. Put right. Them okay. In. okay. Imagine that. That would go on for hours. <laughs> yes. Okay. I still think he get into a fight with Archer. That was the one that came to mind because he sure. would call him out for nepotism. But I, I'm just trying to think, who else would he get into a fight with? And that's uh. where I wanted to. Open up the table. Uh, who would he get into a fight with? Why? Who would hate Larry Dave? And who would he actually get along with in Star Trek? I think he'd get along with Seven. But first, I want to open it up to the floor. About I, who I, he would get I think he would with. get along swingingly with, with McCoy because McCoy was, he was a grouch to begin with. Right. Yeah. And, he, and he had no problem insulting anyone or complaining about everything. And even... Even the version that was in the J.J. Abrams, um, still the same way. I think that they would just get into a point where um, McCoy would just pull out a hypo or something like that. <laughs> just like <laughs> <knock him up>. <laughs> just <laughs> <Exactly. I win. laughs> yes. well, I think or all you the think other it... <laughs> salty characters, you know, like, and I think each series has a salty one. Like, so mm-hmm. there's Pulaski for a while. She's a little yeah. salty, you know, like, ah. like, I feel like everyone's got, you know, Odo is a bit salty. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. again, I feel like there's like, maybe like, it's, it's not necessarily uh, getting along. I, I guess I'm, I'm just looking at similar personality types, because the people who, you know, take no crud, you know, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. we'll point out the issues, you know, so Pulaski would, Odo would, 
Again, mm-hmm. Mariner would. Major Kira. You know, yeah. Oh, Kira, Kira yeah. would just like knock him, like oh, just punch him in the face. Him. <laughs> he would not laugh. Talk yeah, about shoving see. somebody out an airlock. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like it's, see, Worf would literally. Press charges Worf, against her. And then Worf, just Worf would like, just. Uh, Worf would just go, you, you have dishonored me. I mean, it's just like, you, 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 I just, he would just literally want to kill him because. He would annoy him so much. I mean, really. What, what did what was what did Worf? There was a line where Worf was like, uh, "You say you speak much, but you say little." I could see him saying that to him, mm-hmm. and then just like taking out mm-hmm. his uh, bat lift. Possibly, Worf is who I actually wrote down okay. that I would think that Larry David would get an argument with, <laughs> not because be, because he got in arguments with all kinds of people, not just people that gave him lip back, you know, or whatever, but. Oh yeah. Um so I think I think he would probably go, you know, find Worf rather irritating with all this honor stuff mm-hmm. and you know, I think he'd you know, have a thing or two to say about that. Yeah, he would also probably do that. You bring this up a lot. You like mentioning honor, don't you? You mention this quite a bit. You know, something like that. Well, you were actually doing a very good Larry David a short time ago. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so. I love I just love him so much. Up. <laughs> it's just so uh, I don't know. I was going to say, like back to Odo, which I think is interesting. I'm going to plug an episode uh, I did of my, my podcast where I made the argument that Odo was essentially a Jerry Seinfeld, but of Star Trek in the sense that he's always commenting on things smugly in much the same way that Jerry would mm-hmm. like do a stand up and observe. And because mm-hmm. I, I made the argument that basically any any time Jerry was saying, "You ever notice this?" It's the equivalent of Odo going, ah, I've noticed you humanoids do this thing. So I don't quite see Odo as like a Larry David type does, salty. Does Can I ask you but, this, Chris? Because yeah. I, I think you're a resident Larry David fan. I think sure. we're finding I love this him. out. I think he, he, he and, and with all due respect to that, does, does, because I'm not, I watched a ton of clips, laughed my face off about yeah. some of the interaction because there's several like almost hour-long best Larry David moments of that show. Yeah. Um, and so if you're not a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, you can find plenty of stuff on YouTube to get a good sense of the show. And so that's what I did. But I'm wondering, because Odo had a great sound he made uh, that was very sarcastic. And, and you know, Cork would say something or someone would say something, and he'd just go, huh. Yeah, he would you do know, just, uh, or something. You know, yes. yeah. Does Larry David have that? I know, I know. Like, like my father has a great sound he makes when he is irritated, and it goes something like this: "It's, eh, eh. yeah, right." <laughs> and he just does it. Oh, you know, like we're sitting in a movie theater, and someone we're the only ones in there, and someone comes and sits down right in front of us. It's the first thing out of his mouth. Eh, you know, eh. right. And so, so Odo has the great, has the great. Mm-hmm. or you know does and larry david have such away. a sound right right yeah so larry mm. i'm trying to think he does a a, a face but mm. i don't can't think of a specific sound he'll often say eh, something like that yeah, that's okay, what i was thinking yeah. of yeah. that was good i did like see his, that, that yeah right that was perfect chris <laughs> thank you Glad I could do it. So i'm a fan too probably not as big as chris only yeah. because like again it's that in that picking and choosing what to do in life. I have not, I'm not completely all caught up on all the Caribbean enthusiasm like episodes, but I love Seinfeld, you know, original you know, Seinfeld, Seinfeld, the show, mm-hmm. although some of it hasn't 
I feel like aged well. I agree. 100%. There are some challenges. There were some but, decisions that were made in the nineties. Yes, that don't, don't just don't quite hold right. up today. Right. However, a, a, a coffee table book about coffee tables. Really, I like that. I that's that, brilliant. Or that or, or or a TV yeah. show about nothing selling yes. it to the network. Mm-hmm. Also fantastic. But I'm still a humongous fan of <laughs> Seinfeld himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. One of his, his, he has a, I don't know if people know about this show. They should know about it. It's comedians and cars oh, getting yeah. coffee. Mm-hmm. Best. Like if you've never really watched Seinfeld or, or missed that, um, just watch comedians and cars getting coffee. Oh, like that's so just, good. don't, don't mm-hmm. even bother with like the original Seinfeld. Just watch this. It's just amazing. It is literally Seinfeld with a fellow comedian. They go for a ride in a fancy car and go mm-hmm. get coffee and like have a conversation about comedy and the business and work and life and things. And he's had amazing guests with him. And it's like been five or six seasons. I'm not sure. If, I watched it all on Netflix. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's still on Netflix, if that's I the place to find yeah, it. Last I checked, it was still there. Yeah. I went through a big binge a couple of months ago. Yeah. And I, so I was just looking for a minute ago. I was like, did he have any guests that was like kind of somehow mm-hmm. crossed over into the, our Star Trek universe? I was just curious. Um, and I think the closest or an only one is Sarah Silverman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that they talked about it. I mean, I, I, not that they talked about it. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to like, is there, can we find any like real life cross? Alexander, David Alexander, you know, I, right? Or yeah. Jason Alexander. So I mean, the, was he in did like a, a fake episode. Oh, of, yeah. of He did like a, a spot for, I think it was for the Super Bowl one year where it was like him and like it, they were both in character, but they were doing a comedians and cars thing. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I know Paramount will never do this, but one of my dreams would be to like have comedians and cars, but with Star Trek characters and like Odo and Seven of Dime driving around a city just that. commenting on like humans and how silly they are or something to that extent. That's a crossover I can get on board with. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I, I would, I would love to see a real life interview of Jerry Seinfeld and William Shatner. That would be cool. Shatner. I've seen him a number of times on stage at the star Trek conventions. He is absolutely hilarious. Mm. And when he complains it was hilarious, and the time that he was on stage with with uh, Leonard Nimoy, and truly because it's official, it was two old Jews complaining about everything and about each that. other. <laughs> it was hilarious. So I would love to see him talk to William Shatner because Shatner is so animated. I, I, he oh, he'd be perfect, and I, I think it'd be great. I, I think. As I keep stuttering my eyes, I, 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 I'm so I just have to get this out, fellas, um, is I think an interesting episode in the future is our favorite guest stars. This is making me kind of think, and and I got to tell you one of, cause someone asked the question, maybe Chris, you hypothesized, did Archer get enterprise out of nepotism? I don't Um, think he did just for the record, but one of my (laughs) favorite guest stars, (laughs) good, good. Oh, it's official world. Oh yeah. Fox said he did not get it out of nepotism. Um, but, uh, I think, I think one of the great guest stars for me is related to that competition Archer had with, um, Keith Carradine's character, AG Robinson. I think Keith Carradine in oh. Enterprise was a fantastic 
I just I ate all every second of him being on Star Trek up. I really loved that. I feel like I gotta we, rewatch that. Yeah, that's so, not oh, first flight. First yes, flight. Yes, I is think that's absolutely yeah. because not only is it that, but it really goes back to the days of the late fifties and the early fifties when they were at Edwards Air Force Base and Jaeger was challenging Scott Crossfield. Who was the fastest? I'm, I flew Mach 3. I'm, mm. I flew Mach 1.7. You know, they were completely competing with each other. So when I watched that episode, I mean, it took me back to the test flight eras of the 50s and just how, you know, they, they were like, I'll do anything to beat you. And that's what he did. Oh, what's that? Playing cards. Oh. Seinfeld playing cards. Oh, I just realized. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I so just realized really, they're sitting and, there forever. And, you, and I mean, the, the whole episode where they get into a big fight in the 602 club and, you know, over the whole thing as to, you know, who's going to be captain of the enterprise. It's really a, just a fabulous episode, but he did, you know, he, at the end, he, you know, relinquished him that uh, yeah. Robinson said, you should be captain. And the thing was, I was in a restaurant in Burbank one time and there was Carradine. That's the, and I thing. walked by him and I really should have. I, I don't want to move to today. LA. I just so want to say Keith, your character was the best. Your A.G. Robinson was just superior. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool, man. One day yeah. we need to do an episode just on how many celebrities Steve has seen in restaurants. <laughs> yeah, that would That'd be, be so be- cool. So just to call it the episode celebrities I've seen in restaurants. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. OK, so now I, I, I'm seeing it. Yes. And I <laughs> he was Penny's father in the Big Bang Theory. Yep. OK. Yeah, he was on Big yes, Bang he Theory. Was. Oh, he was great. He yeah. was so good at that. Oh he, my that God. was I loved his, that role. Yeah. He, he was also the president it. in uh the show Madam President, which yes. was formerly called Madam Secretary. Madam Secretary. I know it's not canon to Star Trek, but I like to imagine that somehow all of her work in that show led to the Federation and led to everything that we know. Obviously, it's that not was true, a great series. Yeah. I, yeah. I always like that tremendously. You know, yeah, um, we should play six degree, like some kind of like six degrees between Star Trek right. and like everything else. Yeah, I can do days. it. There's <laughs> like so many guest stars in Seinfeld who appeared in Voyager specifically, mm-hmm. like a lot of bosses, like uh, Mr. Littman, who is Elaine's boss. He was the mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. that nobody liked. Who was like, okay, good. Look at the let's take Native Americans and let's make that. Oh, there's a white race that was the behind it all if you remember that <laughs> episode tattoo of voyager uh-huh. no my goodness yeah it was problematic <clears throat> i mean there were just so many great character a- actors out there you know um that star trek mm-hmm. has of course picked up i'm actually trying to look up the name of the one guy that i i think is amazing and i'm uh, come back to me <laughs> Sorry, but okay. I, so what are other crossovers you actually i guess we still have to answer the who would he get into fights with i don't know if we've already oh, covered oh, all of that because there's so many other crossovers anybody true sure. anybody that's fair <laughs> you would find a way and 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 the you know the thing about you know i guess a why i i okay when Larry, when when Tribune enthusiasm was first appeared on hbo I watched the very first episode and realized I was having PTSD because of my growing up as I did. So I couldn't watch any more episodes and I, we gave up on HBO. So I've really never watched it because I lived it. So (laughs) it's, it's, 
You've never seen my dad get into an argument with somebody. It is like watching Larry David get into an argument Jeez. with somebody. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My there, grandpa there. was a, a oh. bit like that. Like I could see my grandpa and my uncle a little bit. Like not that they're they get into arguments, but there are certain facial tics. Like there's a tick that Larry David has that I've seen my uncle do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say the thing I like about him is he does and says the things I wish I could do. Like I wish. I could just tell people like, Hey, you're a cool person, but I don't want to get, I don't want to do the stop and chat with you. I want to leave right now (laughs) and not have to talk to you on the street just because we saw each other. Now I am obligated to engage socially with this conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's always, so I always appreciate that. He's just like, he'll call people out for it and just do what he wants. I don't that way too. (laughs) But I, uh, I don't advocate okay. for him. And I like that even he acknowledges that he's a, like not a great person in the show in the sense that everything he does fails. Like it always blows up in his face because but of the, something he did in a previous episode, which I think is perfect. But it's also the people that surround him. And that's the thing about Seinfeld is that the people that surrounded Jerry truly could end up being the most obnoxious people you've ever met in your entire life. And that's why that's why he just right. went right into curb your enthusiasm but that's what's weird is though with seinfeld you have people that like jerry and that are like jerry so that's why they hang out with him whereas i don't know how people in curb like everybody seems so happy to see him and it's like well haven't you 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 know who larry david is so why are you excited to see him and then why are you surprised that he insulted you Mm-hmm. I think like really only Jeff Green is the one like the only person like, that actually likes him. I liked I liked but, how in the clips I watched because again I'm not a I'm not I haven't watched Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. but um I loved how the other characters around him would just kind of stare at him as he'd go off on these things you know and then you wonder like how much of that is the actor just trying their best not to crack up and get out of character mm-hmm. you know which probably made some of those scenes <laughs> even funnier because you know, you know, yeah. and, and then it, of course, in the, on the creative side of it, how much of, how much of those words are ad libbed, you know, how much well, did he add on top of it to what was actually written down on script? The whole show is at like, it's all improv. And so I think that's what makes it great. But I think that's why it some is. people don't like it because it feels so close to reality. Oh. Like it, when you're watching it, it feels like you're watching a real person in a real fight where you're like, this is cringy. But it's because it's ad-libbed. And so I think what I've heard is like Larry will say, okay, in this scene, I'm going to make some comment about this. Whatever I do, you have to get mad at, mad at me for it. And then, and then people just do what they do. Okay, so circling back to what this discussion is all about. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yes, let's, get, let's circle back. Okay, circle back. Spock would not say a word to him. Mm. All he'd do is raise one eyebrow turn and walk into the turbo lift and that would be it he wouldn't even say a word just just a raised eyebrow you see when you were talking about mccoy giving him the hypospray i could picture a scene where it's like mccoy is talking to larry (laughs) he gives spock the nod spock comes up behind him (laughs) he's gonna say punk rocker (laughs) scene or yes or or chap in the motion picture he's just standing there at his console minding his own business and spock (laughs) sneaks up behind you know and gets his own so he can go to outer space to meet v'ger but irrelevant but that dude had the most 80s slash 70s mustache yes totally (laughs) it's it's (laughs) so fantastic yeah i loved it uh so i came up with i came up with some 
interesting crossovers, I think. May I sh- is now an appropriate time to share them? Yeah, I think yeah, we've talked about Curb enough. Yeah. I think we can move on to, <laughs> let's go to, to other, other thing. crossovers. Yeah. So you might be surprised at some of mine because I tried to think outside the box. I tried to think non-sci-fi um, as far as these go because that's where I wanted to go initially. What yeah. other sci-fi shows or movies or films or characters would be cool to see? And I think there are plenty that might be kind of fun and interesting if done well. So I went um, a little bit kind of like Chris does with the comedy. So, so I've got three that I would, I think would be interesting. I came up with real quick scenarios of what would be funny or interesting. I would love to see a Cosby show crossover with deep space nine. Okay. Love to see Theo and Jake get into some real trouble together. Because mm-hmm. Theo okay. was always doing knucklehead, so, you know, and thinking he could get away with something, and he gets caught. And there's that s- moment where Bill Cosby is like, you know, I know everything. Basic, you know, parents have been there. You know, I was just, you're not going to get anything past me, kid, until you're probably in your teenage years, uh, and even then, maybe that'll still be hard. So, I think that would be fun to see Jake and Theo become friends. Mm-hmm. And have an adventure together, and then have Cisco and Bill Cosby, and uh, kind of going back and forth about the difference in their parenting skills because I or their philosophies um, as their sons are getting into trouble together. I think that mm-hmm. would be kind of fun. And then the other one I came up with, and this goes way back to what I personally think is the greatest sitcom of all time, and that is the Dick Van Dyke Show. Okay. And I would love to see that crossover with Enterprise. And here's the scenario, mm-hmm. okay? Is that Trip falls madly in love with with Laura Petrie, Rob Petrie's wife. So mm-hmm. Mary Tyler Moore before Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And so Dick Van Dyke's <laughs> hanging out with Archer and there's, you know, whatever's going on there. But so Laura's exploring the ship and Trip doesn't really know she's married, you know, and she's gorgeous and, you know, smart and all this stuff and a um, little bit flirtatious and Trip just falls mad. And then Dick Van Dyke for the episode does his typical just total insane jealousy. He acts all sorts of foolish ways and, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that classic way. And then finally, last but not least, Gilligan's Island in the original Star Trek. Okay, not okay. Voyager. Cool. Not Voyager. Because I think Kirk um uh Kirk would come down and have all kinds of escapades with Marianne or Ginger. <laughs> you know, those two would be fighting over him, you know. Um uh Spock in the professor would be talking mm-hmm. all types of science and gadgets and you know, Spock would be giving him he'd be breaking the you know time whatever um, left and right trying to help the professor finally get them off the island you know um Mm -hmm. and then dr mccoy would talk philosophy with the howls Mm -hmm. um and 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 the crossover i absolutely never ever ever want to see is anything to do with gray's anatomy and i'll be okay you don't want to see well i i feel like a crossover with discovery because like if if disco had popular music Love they fests all over the place. Oh God, yeah. Because, like, her monologues right now—they're getting to the point where they rival like the great Grey's Anatomy. I'm so emotional. 
I can't decide what to do. I have to do what's right, but I'm in love. You know, that whole thing. I never and watched Grey's. I've never watched a single episode of Grey's Anatomy. But it's it's myself exhausting. as well. Yeah. 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 You, guys well, so, are, you guys are blessed individuals. Well, <laughs> I think the you. reason I actually love Grey's, but it's the, it's the reason is is back in the day I watched as a humongous fan of ER. Yeah. For for years, you know, mm-hmm. and then but eventually, many 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 years into it, at some point, so it was on it from like ten to eleven at night, and I realized it was getting to the point where I was so stressed out watching it it was like getting me so riled up that i couldn't sleep afterwards mm. so i kind of like went cold turkey on it and i after that i never got into any of the medical dramas after that i i will say chris to defend gray's anatomy because i don't, I don't want to make fun of uh, oh you can make way. fun of it i mean I, it's fine i get it because my wife and i did watch <laughs> totally that for several seasons i think there was a time when it was a pretty decent show but after me myself, this is all per. Of course, this is an opinion podcast, anyways. Yeah. But watching it, it just I felt like it was starting to go on and on. And in one way, I'm. That's why I'm super happy. Picard is only three seasons. I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. the Obi Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. series is just going to be six episodes, because maybe they can really tell a good story. Because right, I. I I love Grays, but it needs to end. And I'm <laughs> I'm convinced. My theory is that they're like, hey, we're on season 19. NCIS is on season 18. We have to beat them. We have to last longer than that show. <laughs> so I don't know because I, I love Grays, but it's like to the point now it's just too much. Just mm-hmm. end the show. Give everybody happy endings and let's let's move on. Law, um, Law and Order Special Victims Unit is the same way for me too. I, I think that has some absolutely riveting stuff, but that's been on for apps. I mean, double digit yeah. years. That's so another one I used to really be into until I had my first child. I can't, I've exactly. not been able to watch it. That's since. when I stopped watching. <laughs> oh yeah. I hear those are like not good shows to watch when you have kids. It's nope. like, oh, there's nope. another kid that was kidnapped. Well, that's nope. fantastic. Or not just kidnapped, but like all like the thing, yeah. that's the thing is because kidnapping is, which is probably in that the context of that show, the most unrealistic thing that's going to happen in, in life. It's all the other things yes. that oh, go right, on right. because they actually bring in some real realistic st- stuff. And it's, yeah, no. So can't, wa- can't mm-hmm. watch that one. Mm-hmm. Pat, move, as, yes. move on. As, so as I agree, longevity yes. goes, as longevity goes, mm-hmm. the Simpsons, mm. we the watched Simpsons. it for years and years and years. And then finally we said, that's it. We're done. Even though it's still running. Mm-hmm. Haven't watched it for is years. Is it still people. new stuff yep. coming yep. out? Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's still but on. It's They're just, making new but episodes. It's just, but it's like, I feel so I'm sorry. Uncool. It's it just got to be so old. And there were other things worth watching mm-hmm. that were funnier, like Bob's Burgers. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But that's new and fresh, and it's only had like. Like maybe two hundred episodes, and there's gonna be a Bob's only Burger movie. Episodes. I love that. Oh, oh, so that's yeah, what I saw advertising on. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, anyway. but yeah, but you know, the funny thing you say that about The Simpsons is though I can still go back and watch old episodes and still enjoy oh, yeah. the old episodes, yeah. especially the Halloween episodes. Oh, oh yeah, the Halloween tree episodes. Top, are the yeah, best. tree top, tree, top uh, tree house of terror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as the medical shows you guys were talking about, I mean, I grew up watching Dr. Kildare and Marcus mm. Welby and all those. 
So I was like, I don't want to new medical shows. I don't want to watch them until Scrub showed up, and then Scrubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a comedy, but, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's... that's okay. See, I wanted that because I was right. sick and tired right. of the soap opera doctor right. shows. You know. So, well, and that's the thing is, is I don't want to be stressed or scared. You know, like, I don't want to be worried about my kids. I don't want to be stressed. I want TV. I want, I want TV to make me relax and happy. Mm-hmm. So comedy, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I like sitcoms. I do love sitcoms yeah. because yeah, exactly. it's light, it's fluffy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what I want. I, I want to be entertained, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. So, Going back to the comment, I don't think the Grey's Anatomy crossover would be good. And if mm-hmm. you want to watch Dr. Flox be a super racist doctor, you can check out The Resident because he did that in the last last season. But yeah, mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. crossover, I don't think would be very, very good. Okay, for me, it's a number of Star Trek shows yeah. with the characters from the Orville. Okay. And I go, I, I see, Worf, now you've seen the Orville, so you know the characters, mm-hmm. okay? I, I think haven't. Worf would get along great it's a shame Fortis, <laughs> because they're both big hulking guys mm-hmm. that are very honorable characters so they would actually have a wonderful conversation with each other and i think archer and captain mercer would get along mm-hmm. swimmingly they would they, they i mean they're both charismatic characters with a sense of humor and i think they would go along really really well and then i also think that flocks and dr finn is that right, Doctor? Yeah, Doctor Finn would get along because they're both very moralistic people, and they're like the center of the morality in each mm-hmm. one of those particular series. However, the uh, main character, the character Mallory and Trip, would literally want to kill each other. Is Mallory? Yeah, he's the one guy who has the red beard. He's uh, oh, okay, yeah. I think he's he's like I think he's the helm. He was in ER, wasn't he? He was in ER. Yes, I think so. Those two guys would kill each other, and then (laughs) the robot Isaac and and Data talking about artificial life forms from two different types, where one was created by a man. Another one's from a robot planet, or a, you know, and I think that they would uh, they would have a lot of disagreements over protocol and things like that. So that's my I I, I picked I I couldn't pick one particular Star Trek show, but I decided I'd say pick one si- show and then which characters would interact. Like so that, that's but again, I, and then your other question: uh, What would I not like to see? Chris? Yeah, what would you hate? Buck Rogers, nothing to oh, do with that. The, new, <laughs> the one, the 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 uh, no, anything about I would not want to see those characters interact with anyone from Star Trek. I think there would be murder happening. So yeah, and whatever I'd watch Star Trek at my grandparents, my grandpa would always bring up Buck Rogers and be like, "It's a better show. This is better. You got to watch that. None of the Star Trek stuff." But I don't think he really cared. I think he was just doing it to annoy me. But it was all yeah. good. Yeah, I, I have a think confession. He Buck Rogers. Yes. I haven't seen a single second of the Orville either. Really? I can't I can't leave my buddy Chris hanging. I, I just I haven't seen Orville either. And it's again, it is the there's so much stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. is the only reason why. It's not because <laughs> I've been avoiding it. It's just there's so much other stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm not I'm not up to date on it because for that reason. I want I def oh. it's definitely one that I want to continue mm-hmm. to watch. I just have yeah, I haven't had the chance. Well, Picard uh Picaro, the actor 
Mm-hmm. Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo. Yeah, and, oh, I love and, him. And and uh, John Billingsley were on episode, and they played their polar opposites of the kind of characters they were on the. Oh, team. I think I, I didn't see that one. That. Yeah, it was yeah. a very good episode. Um, but again, I, it's and the sad thing is you can I don't even know where you, I guess you can watch it on Hulu if you have Hulu because that's where it's going to be. And I told my wife today I said, well, since uh, you know, since uh, Doug is doing the artwork for uh, the next season of of the Orville, we, we need to get it. And she goes, Nope, no Hulu. we have enough streaming services. We're not getting another one just so you can watch one show. So, so question about Buck Rogers. Is it more or less cheesy than, um, oh, why can't God. I think of it? Captain Proton on Voyager Captain Proton is cool. Cause okay. Captain Proton takes you back to the, uh, commando Cody series of science fiction. Films, oh, okay. Right, right down to the stupid robot that they had in there. That was, a, <laughs> right. which looked like a couple of coffee cans with arms, yeah. everything. And then they throw in a little bit of the 1930s Buck Rogers and they bring that in. So they kind of mashed a few things together and it was, and they shot it in black and white or they, well, oh, it was... <laughs> as we learned from Doug, they shot it in color and converted it to black and white. But I love those episodes. They're just so. They, oh, I mean, they are. It's a chance where some people they get to have so much fun doing that. That was great. I really loved them. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I had a real hard that? time. Uh, mm-hmm. Just this, the whole concept of the crossover. It really, it hurts my brain. Um, <laughs> okay. It. it you know, because I, I guess I'm, I'm so. I've always been so committed to the concept of you have this universe with mm-hmm. these rules. Mm-hmm. Now you have this universe with these rules and e- each show has its its world building and mushing them creates so many complications that I have a I seriously a, a stupidly hard time with it. Mm-hmm. So instead, what what I wish for if if this is just like a wish. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Do it. What I want to see is I want to see the next generation crew do kind of like an MST3K of our current present day TV. I want to oh, see them sit around and cool. watch some like sitcoms. I want to see them watch friends and hear mm-hmm. them just comment on that or comment on our sci-fi comment on anything, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I really want. You know, and, and to me, that's, that's close enough. Um, I was trying to think of like other versions of a crossover, like where you take like, okay, so you take the next generation crew and then you put them in a different sitcom not necessarily with the characters but kind of like replace them so like you take them and you make them be in friends because friends is you know my favorite sitcom like and again just my my brain is not not happy doing it so i want them to that's that's what i settled on i think i want them to watch the show i want to see what they think about it's funny you brought up star trek and friends because again because i've been going through so much enterprise i felt Mm -hmm. like there was a friends moment uh in the episode shadows of pajem uh where they're like or no, sorry, it wasn't. It was ceasefire where Archer's supposed to negotiate a peace treaty, and DePaul's giving him crap for not having read the full document, and he's like, "It was a thousand pages." And when I heard that, I immediately went to. I could hear it was twelve pages, front and back. Right. Which is right. A, Ross, or actually, Ross. I think it was seventeen pages. Seventeen pages. Oh, I thought it was twelve. Front it and back. back. It was, it was a lot. I, I believe yeah. when when you talk about putting them these characters from let's say next generation into another popular cool. television show, I think there's a video reel uh, with an A team theme floating oh, around nice. with the next generation and maybe even a Friends 
It's it was. Yeah. I thought I, I saw I'm going one on the for friends. Find that. Okay. There's that was, also. And then, uh, what? Go ahead, Chris. You might say what's oh, what I'm about to say. I was going to say when Fraser, uh, when Voyager was coming out, Fraser did a crossover where it was like they did a skit where they put Fraser characters into Voyager yes. with yeah. Captain Janeway, and that it was, was at really like, wild. that was at Is like the, the thirtieth an- No, that was at like the thirtieth. They had a thirtieth anniversary gala or something that Ted Danson open the show with and they had other guests they had uh kenny g come out and do a sax solo as they highlighted the special effects of trek um and it was basically a star trek love fest and most of the actors were there too they brought them all out on stage at the end um but that skit is hilarious and you can find that on youtube yeah it's on youtube okay you guys are gonna have to find this stuff for me oh wait there we go cast of friends in star trek does that sound maybe, maybe. Uh, probably. I, I must have seen it, but I think they have like the open the song and everything, and mm-hmm. it's some of it is hysterical. Okay, I'm looking at a picture of Joey Tribbiani in Riker's uniform. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> no, you, you would. Mono- okay, okay. Oh, this is disturbing. Okay, so we are gonna have to pass this on. This, so okay. we've got Chandler as Picard. Oh God. And, and someone like morphed the faces of the actors, and this looks That's, like the yes. young, earliest version. I haven't into- seen it. Oh gosh, this is really disturbing. So we're gonna have to post this. Yeah, link. we're gonna have to post this in okay. the group. Chandler as Picard, Joey as Riker, <laughs> Monica as Troy, Phoebe as Dr. Crusher. Oh god. Okay. 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 Oh my god, works. this is so disturbing. Um, Ross as Wesley <laughs> and Rachel as Janeway. Rachel as Janeway. Okay. Rachel. It's it's this is see, very disturbing. I'm like kind of sad. I'm like not gonna now. I'm not gonna sleep tonight because of this. <laughs> see, I feel like Monica's more of a Janeway type. If you had to mm. put the I don't know. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. I just yeah. I just found the friends intro with the next generation cast into right. our messenger yeah. feed. Yeah. That would be cool right. though. I would love to see them just making fun of our shows and just like yeah. the way like we get a little bit of that. Oh, there's a cheers the, one. Uh, Okay. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, there's there's Norm who is who is supposed to be Morn. Well, so there's that. Have, there's that. Have you guys that. seen the whole like there's a there's a meme and it goes around. It's gone around a lot where it's basically like Cheers was just um start you know uh, uh was Deep Space Nine because there's enough you know crossover with the characters and stuff that it was it's like just a hot you know Cheers was a holodeck simulation right. And that I see that yeah. working just yeah. because it's the bar was the main set for Cheers all the time, yeah. and so yeah, you got the whole yeah. I, I could see that working. But, but I was about to say, like in Voyager, when they go back to '96, there's a great scene where Neelix and Harry Kim are combing through uh, TV transmissions, and they're watching a soap opera. And Neelix isn't making fun of it, but he's like actually really invested in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like a whole show of them just sitting around commenting on. Our TV shows would be hysterical. Well, I'm I'm certain that like you know a hundred years from now, some amount of our TV is going to survive and still be part of what people people will still know about it. You know, oh yeah, like for sure. like we were talking about in the last episode that the fact that Star Trek is like sixty years old, you know, 50, 60 years old, and if you look at all the TV that does did exist in the nineteen sixties. It's 60, it is decades later, you know, what shows do we talk about Star Trek? So a hundred years from now, there will still be 
some content that survives and people will still know about, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure so, in Star Trek, if you were to go in a holodeck, you could pull pull up a show and be like, yeah, I either want to watch this as a TV show or I want to interact mm-hmm. with it. And then you could play a character in the show. Yeah. Well, so there was a few years ago, there was a, a video game and I, I swear the name of it was called U2. Similar to YouTube, but it was like Y O O T O O. It was something similar. And I considered like impulse purchasing it, but you needed a better, slightly better computer I had at the time. You needed a green screen. And I, I was like, I didn't have any of that. So, like within the last year, I went looking for that because now I have, I think I could do it. Um, and I can't find I can't find it at all. But like I love that idea of either a VR simulation or some kind of computer simulation where we're act we're playing in the movie. It's like karaoke for movies, right? Yeah. Like why doesn't, isn't that more of a, a thing? <laughs> I want to be in Star Trek too. <laughs> Star Trek as well. Or do you mean like Star Trek to the movie? Oh, Star Trek to the movie, I guess. Yeah. And oh, I guess my point, cool. well, cause I, that was what I remember why I almost impulse purchased it because they, they had clips from Star Trek too, mm-hmm. um, as part of it. And, <laughs> and that would have been great. So this should like, be a thing. <laughs> so, would you just, would you just be in the background, like just being like Kirk, raise the shields? No, I want to be. I want to be. You, I want to play Kirk. I want to be well, the main part. I want to okay. scream, Khan, or, or you know, or anything. So you want to get Scotty's nephew killed? Is what I'm hearing. Oh, I'm that was horrible. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Oh, I want to be Riker, oh. just so I can say, so the camera can pan over real fast on me. Fire. Yes. Okay. I just <laughs> apologize for that comment. Actually, I have real t- issues actually, with Kirk in that movie. Doesn't even apologize to Scotty. Well, what are, it's what are you all say? his fault. What are you, you going to say? Well, I if I was picking a character to be in Star Trek Two, I actually want to be McCoy. I love McCoy's lines. Yeah, actually, McCoy's in two, fantastic. three, four, I really just love McCoy's. Di- McCoy's my favorite from from the original yeah. series. So yeah. I want to be McCoy. I want to tell him. I want him. I want to be telling Kirk. You know, on his birthday. Giving him the what for? Oh, McCoy, 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 McCoy. You're, you're... Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Oh, what's? Uh, I can't even think of the line. I just want to do the. Oh, you're hiding. You, you're, you're hiding. Hiding behind rules behind and regulations. regulations. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, wait, yeah. No, what's the? Who am I hiding from? There? From yourself, okay. Admiral. Yeah, exactly. Running a computer Get back console. Out there, you know, what yeah. is it? Oh, here it is. You want to be running? You're running a computer console when you want to be out there hopping galaxies. Yes. <laughs> McCoy. DeForest. Go I gotta say this real quick. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Because DeForest Kelly was the one character in the motion picture that really brought the energy. I feel of the original series the best. Right. And, I th- and again, I think there are some fantastic moments in the motion picture where I-, I think that are great. I I have a secret love affair with Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, me too. I, I think it's got some gorgeous stuff in it. There is some stuff that's really good in it, even though it's just way too long. Um, but I think I love when McCoy gets beamed up and he's got that weird beard and he looks like he's in the (laughs) seventies, you know, like they did all, all, you know, he's got the big lapel that's wide open all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden they wanted to show they were in the seventies for McCoy. But, um, and you know, I just felt like he had some just one liners in that film where it was like, oh yeah, he, he he definitely was very similar to, to the original series McCoy. 
Yeah, I was just going to make digress. a snarky comment about, you're sure you don't want to be McCoy motion picture so you can walk on the bridge <laughs> and then walk off the bridge. Right, right. But you're right. He did actually have, like, I did like the fact that he was able to put Kirk in this place with the, the mm. Decker situation. Oh, there's another one, Seventh Heaven in Star Trek. Yes! Per- that's perfect. You that's, you know, if only Seventh Heaven would have had um, the gal who played Ilea as the mom, then mm-hmm. us Star Trek fans could say, this is what happened to them. They evolved and had 12 kids back in the, <laughs> right, they went yeah. into the past and decided to have this mixed family. <laughs> I just had an idea. Okay, what if we took the cast of uh, pick your favorite Trek show and did a, one of these reality cooking competitions. Oh, nailed that'd it. That'd be cool. Oh my God. Nailed it. <laughs> so, so would we that would be great. Bobby play. So would it or be that bad? guys grocery or, games? Or yeah, or uh, what's the what's the one uh, um, chopped? Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. That'd be I love uh, chopped. Great. But but in Ooh. all that, you would just they would just look and say, "We're just going to use the food." No, they can't. Or... No, you're not yeah. allowed. Oh, why, got why rules. I, I'm just going to food replicate it. Nope, why? they've got rules. Oh, then they then oh. they would be like. What is this? This is a spatula. Mm-hmm. I've never seen well, that. Well, see, Riker, Riker oh, well. would be right at home. Right? Riker. Okay. So Cisco. now we have to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have chef? And do we actually get real chef or Riker chef? <laughs> and then we just well, have no. Riker as Riker. He gets to be one. A chef gets to be one of the guest judges. Oh, so he's not going to be in the competition. No, Riker's got to be in the competition. Okay. You get mm-hmm. Riker. Let's see. We're going to have Riker in the competition. Mm-hmm. We're going to have you need data. Cisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and data. Data, data just would, would be, be interesting. We so because his precision, you know, might oh, great make shots it- of him. Chopping. Oh, just watch yeah. it going. Let's see. It's got to be Cisco because he's another cook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you don't mess with his peppers. Yeah. And didn't, I don't didn't, know who else. Did Doctor Crusher, the, Picard, and Crusher were having those breakfasts together? Were they actually cooking their breakfast? I don't. No, think I'm sure that, that was no. No, no, no. They were just. I think no. they're replicating it. Yeah, it was more about. But there is still like a foodie aspect to it because it was mm-hmm. at least at least you know because Crusher was trying to prepare these elaborate things and then they realized right. that neither of them really wanted elaborate things. They just wanted coffee and croissants. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was such a good episode. <laughs> you said and croissants very well. Croissant, but that was the old? one and only time I've ever said it well. You did good. It's never going to happen again. By, by the way, <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Do you know how you say uh, "hello"? How are you in French? No, I took I five years of that. French. Chris, <laughs> a Canadian. I thought that was required. You had to be it, bilingual. It, it was required to take French in, oh. in school, and I remember mm-hmm. my gym teacher, Mister Russell, coming in and like irritating our French teacher, Madame Schaefitz. I don't Here, remember what we learned. <laughs> Here is mm-hmm. how you say "hello." How are you in French? Hello, how are you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, folks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh. I could try that in right. class. You know, you know, so my my, my mom's cousins, my mom's cousins were in vaudeville. And you know what they would have just said to you right now, Brian? <laughs> I'm ready. Don't don't ready. give up your day job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear the French version of English. Like, I want to hear what does a French person make? Like, how do they make fun of English speakers? Because if you're an English person, you can make okay. fun of French by going la 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 la. No, but I want to hear what's the French version okay. of that for us. Okay. Irrelevant this. to this discussion. When, when we took the trip from Paris to Normandy Beach, we had a uh, we had a, someone who was our, our tour guide, right? His name was Momo. 
And he said, and he even talked about it. He goes, you know, the Americans always expect us to go. I mean, he he was making fun of even (laughs) the French language or how Americans perceive the French would speak. He goes, and we don't talk like that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I saved my joke with great love for the French people. I'm not really trying to make fun of. I'm making fun of myself when I do that, so. How do we get here? That <laughs> is you? my fault. It's okay. totally we, my we fault. Have been, we were talking about cooking, cooking and then croissants. Yes. Brian, yeah. when, you list, when, when you list the uh, label for this episode, would you just call call it a bunch of tangents? <laughs> I love it. The tangent episode. Hey, we could do that for like a, a, um, a, a Patreon exclusive. We ever do a, an exclusive there or if we ever do Patreon, just be like, Here's an hour of all of our best tangents or worst tangents. <laughs> I would listen to that. Yeah, yeah that'd be right. fun. Are there any other like final crossovers we want to see? I'm trying to go through my my list of the other, you know, reality thing. Like, you know, so the cooking is the only reality that, stuff I ever watch or care about. Yeah. But there's been a couple other interesting ones, um, interesting competition ones. Uh, there's been the Lego building one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I just caught a few minutes last night of there's like a domino com- competition. Oh, I watched the domino show. We've watched, I've watched yeah. both of those. The, the, the one hosted by the... Eric Stone Street. Yes. I, I love it. him. Love yeah. him. Oh, is he, oh he's it. from uh, Modern, Modern Family. Family. Yep. Love okay. Modern yeah. Family. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's yeah. So good. No, that's it. actually okay. a very interesting show to watch. Just the, in, the level of intricacy they do for the dominoes and how they set up all these elaborate bits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. I, so, I really good. So the show. Enterprise crew on a team building challenge. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. how about this? Oh good, that'd be great. okay. Hilarious. The next generation crew in first contact. The ship is destroyed. There's no way they can get back to the future. <laughs> See what I did there? Hey. And, okay, um, there you go. Uh, but they end up on, you know, the Gravette Island or whatever. They end up getting tired of Gravette Island. It sinks to the bottom of the ocean, whatever. So they come to the States or Canada and they end up on House Hunters International. That could be interesting. <laughs> what, are we, what are we looking for? He's like, I, I hope in this version, it's Picard and Crusher buying a house for themselves. I just want to make that clear that I want them to be together. Right. And I want it to be them. Troy and Riker and yep. Worf is tagging along as the awkward third man out, you know? Yeah. But you see, <laughs> you brought up modern fan. Well, because of Eric Stone. What's his last name? Eric Stone Street. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would love Cam. to see like a vision type thing where it's like, uh, what would happen if you were to take the Enterprise, but you were to get like a modern family, the office type of interviews where you would just cut to characters. The documentary thing. The documentary. Like the, thing. The, oh the my. scripted documentary. Yes, yeah, that, yes. that's, that was wonderful. An <laughs> office version of them. That would be yeah. great, where but, they mm-hmm. speak directly to the camera mm-hmm. and they, like, oh, that's really But see, good. I feel like that could actually be, like, it, no kidding, like, all jokes aside, that could be an Orville episode right now. Like, they could mm-hmm. really make an Orville episode in whatever next season they're making and do that as an episode. And like, that would just, would be perfectly like it would totally work yeah. and yeah, it would work for lower decks too because they have mm-hmm. the ability to to do oh. that as well okay lower decks people I, I definitely want to see that on lower decks so yes if you're listening oh. you're listening if you are and, please come and the to great thing show. about lower we'll decks you is on. they could do that easily with the animation they could mm-hmm. just go crazy if they wanted to yeah oh my goodness that would be great that would be great and just one last thing go ahead i could see <laughs> Larry David getting into a fight with Riker being like, you gave up your, you gave up your career. 
you you dumped your girlfriend so you could be the captain, but you're not captain yet. <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Done. Keep passing. Over. Yeah, right. Right. There we go. I'm well, all wait. Done. Didn't didn't Riker's father kind of say? Oh no 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 no. He he was learning about uh, about Troy at the time. I was like, well, it was Riker's- like it was Thomas Riker who basically called him out. I think. Oh, okay, okay. And it was like, hey, dude, like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Well, and you have that in the best of both worlds, part one and two, where Shelby's like, I'm going to take your job, and it, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, huh? Um. So. And I will right. ask: Has anyone Excellent. ever? fantasized about using the uh if you ever do it and run around me i'll strap you back so hard that you'll think you're a first year cadet again line have you ever thought about like or ever fantasized about doing that in like a work situation or in a real conversation ever um, <laughs> sort of well okay. and, and well and, and then so by sort of i'm actually going to say that that's not exactly that way but that whole concept of going around people i mean like i've experienced that on various sides and there had been conversations that were unpleasant mm-hmm. to rectify okay. that because, you know, uh, especially when like you have, you know, we hire vendors to build components and there's a point of contact and people go around the point of contact and it really does cause real legit chaos. Yeah. Um, so I haven't personally experienced this in a while, but like uh, years ago, I definitely had a problem where someone went around me and... Now, again, it's hard because it's my, it's not going around me going up. It's going, mm-hmm. it's like my boss going around me going down. So it's a different oh, kind of thing. Right. Um, so you can't drop the line then. I can't I, drop that line unless yeah. I'm joking. Right. Like, so exactly. I can joke as a, you know, like, and I'll, I've done this. Now, this I've done. I will say, you know, because some of my coworkers I know are like Star Trek fans. And if I quote lines, they'll know, mm-hmm. but some of my coworkers, I don't know. So I'll often open a conversation with, so how familiar are you with Star Trek? And do you know the episode, blah, 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 because I want to say this, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do it with friends too. It's not just mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah. I, I do it with could, friends all the time. I could also. see myself using that line, Chris, with my kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. And thank you for backing me up on this because I saw Steve's reaction where he's like, I don't we know where this is, where this conversation's going. Yeah, uh, it, it's just. <laughs> so thank you. I just, I'm just, I, all, I know, all I can hear my wife just saying, is that a Star Trek reference? Oh, no, no, they yeah, don't. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm so happy. My partner, she's really into Trek. And so we'll always have long conversations about uh-huh. random stuff. And she'll, she gets my humor. So if I can be like, if I can comment on Archer's, grunting or walking around and pacing she'll mm-hmm. she'll laugh at that she'll get mm-hmm. that reference mm-hmm. and then like when she found out that data died she like would wake up in the middle night and be like oh my gosh data's dead and i'm like yeah i've had to deal with this for like <laughs> it's been a while 18 years no this was in 2021 so 18 years at that point i think mm-hmm. yeah it is fun having co-workers that enjoy trek or maybe it's star wars for you listening or whatever mm-hmm. science yeah. or whatever show you, it could you know friends i mean whatever mm-hmm. you know i mean it is a lot of fun because and i love what doug said last week i think it was uh, such a true statement that is all the stuff we love trek for the storytelling the character development how they really dive into issues that are social issues that are important issues Mm -hmm. and help us think through that stuff and show us how ridiculous we are sometimes how bigoted we can be sometimes Mm -hmm. um how silly and too serious we can be sometimes even i I just i I think the all those things that we love about star trek Mm 
one of the most beautiful things, like Doug pointed out, is that you can talk to somebody who is a fan of Trek from the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like your best friends. And I think that's true with the, I think that's probably true for the friends crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That, that yep. if you find somebody who's an absolutely fanatical friends fan, uh, it's their favorite show, they're probably mm-hmm. instant friends. Um, mm-hmm. in sports does that for some people. Mm-hmm. But I do think Trek is, is in particular unique in that is that there is such a community of coming together that you know you don't like this you know we've discussed you know i'm not thrilled with discovery for yeah plethora of reasons Mm -hmm. but that's okay there's so much other stuff i don't have to like everything um for us to be good friends and talk about it and enjoy it and Mm -hmm. still go back and forth so and there's probably episodes and other series that they've watched where you can find mutual comparisons and understanding and go oh yeah i like that or this you know and again it's it's the beauty because there's been so many episodes and so many movies and you, yeah, I, you may be on, I hate JJ movies. I love JJ movies. I love JJ. But, that's, but again, and you get in those discussions, it's still, you know, it's a friendly discussion and right. it's much better I've than got, politics. I've got real quick, I've got a, uh, my wife and I own a duplex uh, that, that we rent out to tenants and it's a, it's, so it's two units together. And, uh, there's a gentleman that rents from us, uh, who may actually listen to our show. Derek, shout out to you, my friend. Um, when I go over there to work on stuff, if there's something wrong or I just need Mm -hmm. to update something or whatever, talk, we inevitably come back to star Wars and that's fun when I'm there fixing a toilet to have him there and we can talk about something fun while I'm doing something I mm-hmm. hate doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause every home project for me, anything fix it takes twice as long as any YouTube video I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. And I've got to run to Lowe's three or four times. And mm-hmm. so to mm-hmm. have somebody there to talk about something that we're both passionate about and both mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. is tremendous. It's one of the mm-hmm. great things in life to find commonality with in, in Chris, lives this every day as a moderator mm-hmm. where he is trying to bring people together and, and understand the common ground they have so that they can work on the stuff they're not so close on, mm-hmm. you know, um, is vital. So, but I really have to bite my tongue and not bring up Star Trek, even though I'm like, Hey, you know, if you just watch this one scene with Picard or with data and war, if you could, you know, you'd see how it's done. What we could Picard try to, do? Exactly. Well, that's, I hate to say it, but that's what I like. When I took my first peace and conflict studies class or conflict resolution 101, I remember like taking, oh, that sounds interesting. Sitting in class and being like, oh my gosh, all of this stuff, it sounds like Star Trek. This is what I want to do. And then I just, cool, man. Very cool. Um, Because I was like, science, also Star Trek, but uh, I don't think I'd be very useful there. I think, but, but that was the whole basis of the original series to bring out, to discuss the human condition yeah. in a way that you could do it. And the American public would go in the back door going, Oh yeah. Black on one side and white on the other. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then oh, I, I get it. Okay. I see the point. Right. And that's where the life lessons that Roddenberry originally wanted to, to use the show to done, because otherwise the networks would go like, no, we'd rather it's have a, a car and 1928, Oldsmobile that can talk and it's his dead mother because my mother the car is a 
much more intelligent Joe. Wait, was so was it actually a dead yes. like his dead mother? Yes, his dead mother is, in the, is inside the car and he talks to it through the radio. My mother, the car, yes. Oh, that's when, okay. that was the, and that's what the 1960s was. That's brutal. Yes, or if you could have watched It's About Time about two astronauts who go through a warp and end up with uh, cavemen who speak perfect English. Wow. <laughs> that was really stupid. So, yeah, there was a lot of bad TV in the, in the 1960s. There's still a lot of bad TV. Yeah, it's true. It's, we haven't learned our lessons yet, it's have incredible. we? incredible. <laughs> we know how to make more of it faster. That's yes, true. That true. That's right. That's right. And there's more venues to show it on as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Anything well, else, Chris? Have we talked this thing out? I think we talked <laughs> it out. Boss. I don't know. You, this is your subject. You know, you're the boss, more man. That I could say. I went on to enough <laughs> tangents. We discussed Larry David in depth, which I appreciate. We've had uh, some great PSAs here about humanity yeah. and human about humanity and getting along. Yeah, you know, I think exactly this was a good episode. Yeah, no, I think this was good. Very good discussion. Mm-hmm. But you know, thank you all for being here. And before we go, where can everyone find you? And what do you have, uh, or what do you, what are you working on? Is what I'm trying to say yeah. eloquently. That thank you, Chris. Uh, I've got music. I'm working on a few new songs actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for those to be posted on reverbnation.com slash Brian T. Donahue. The link will be in the podcast notes. Um, I'm also um, actually writing more of my book and making some changes. Ooh. And um, uh, so I'm really excited all over again about that and seeing what comes of that story wise. And just taking that one step at a time and really excited for the summer. That's all I mm-hmm. got to say. That's We're ready cool. for summer here in Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, oh, yeah. any sax solos in the future, possibly? No. I did see what? the link he sent me. So I well, check keep out, practicing, man. Keep practicing. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have to connect sometime. And when you get your chops good, we'll okay. and put you in a recording. That'd be cool. Or you make your own sax album, man. I'll, rec- I'll produce well, your sax Well, I mean, my goal album. is to like learn the sax and legitimately do one sax solo and try to film it and make it like an actual music video. I just have to figure out the timing <laughs> and all of that. Do you have that a saxophone? I do have a saxophone. That's a great way to start. So my thing is, if I, if I food prep on Saturdays, I can probably get a decent amount of time after work to practice the sax if I'm not cooking. So mm. we'll see, but that's not really an outro <laughs> at all. We'll have some we'll have some lazy sax music playing as we're doing this outro oh. here together. Yeah, so exactly. I like, I like that. That's good. And for me, uh, what I'm looking forward to before our next podcast is my grandson is turning four, and I am so looking forward to his birthday party because he is obsessed with equipment that does road work and those ty- excavator dump truck bulldozer he just loves that stuff and that's the theme for his birthday so i'm i'm looking forward to um, being with my my daughter and my son-in-law and my grandson and uh yeah that's what i'm looking forward to doing in, oh that's in very future. cool mm-hmm. that's awesome well, well 
if folks like to read science fiction, they should go to Amazon and look for Crazy Foolish Robots, which is now book one because now book two is out. So the the series, it's a real series, even though I've been saying it's a series, it it really is happening. Uh, Book two, Robots, Robots Everywhere is there too. And you can even pre-order book three, Silly Insane Humans. Oh, I, and, and I, I should have said, Adina, I, my, my copy is arriving tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to awesome. page one, but not the last page. I will not do that. I want to enjoy it all. <laughs> oh, that's good. Because I love Ruby. She is so cool. Awesome. So yeah. what's really weird about how Amazon apparently works with this is, so the book went live the other day and right mm-hmm. when it did, I ordered a, a big box of author copies for, you know, and I pay like the wholesale price for author copies. And, but it's going to be like two weeks before I get them where everyone else who ordered like their own individual copy that day, like, yes, yeah, several people have told me today they've gotten them already. Mm-hmm. Like after so a day you or have two. to wait, even though you yes. go, it's literally your yes. book. That's yes. infuriating. Yes. That's so, cool. and, and this is weird because this happened with the first book too, but now anytime I ordered another set of, author copies like they came kind of like a normalish time it's just the first one for some reason i don't know so like yeah. i'm still waiting for like i still have my my pre copy that has like the watermarks on it i don't have my actual mm-hmm. copy yet you have the first edition how exciting yeah yeah, yeah that's cool but that's that's frustrating mm-hmm. hopefully it gets here soon well as mm-hmm. long as it's here before the day i have my author table signing thing um i'll we'll, we'll be fine okay good, <laughs> good. And okay. yeah, uh, Christian Fox, you can you can find my podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast, and there will be. Um, why am I confused? There's a new episode coming out every Friday, and you'll be listening to this in the future, so there will be a new episode of that. And then you can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter mm-hmm. um, at Yelling About Trek. And remember, and all of you, you can also find me, but you can find all of us on our facebook page the big sci-fi podcast where you can interact with us ask questions comment and even post funny videos because we have been posting a lot of videos lately that are amusing and as usual i will say thank you for listening and we'll chat with you next time